0: principles, some core values that define who we are here at Christ Church. So if you're a covenant member, it's one of those ways where uh, we try to encourage you and say, hey, here's what you signed up for, right? If you're a regular attender and you're thinking about getting on board, here's what you're getting on board with. And uh, if you're visiting with us today, you're our guest today, uh, we're welcome, uh, welcome you. And it's a way for you to just understand that's, uh, you know, who we are and why we're committed to be difference makers in the world, right? That's our core principles. Uh, so today we start out with uh, this core, core principle around the theme I am Christ Church and I am on mission. I'm on mission all the time. Why are we on mission all the time? Well, we're on mission all the time because at Christ Church we're absolutely committed to this core biblical principle. You ready? You probably heard me say it before, but here it is. The church does not exist for the people in the church. Would you say the last half with me? You ready? The people in the church exist for those who aren't. That's what we're here for, right? Now, this is a radical biblical truth, right? The church does not exist for the people who are in the church. It exists for the people who aren't. Now, that doesn't mean the people in the church that we're not going to love on each other and encourage one another and strengthen one another. Pray for one another. And, I mean, we're going to do all that stuff that God's people do because that's who we are, right? But that's not our primary purpose. That is not the primary mission that Jesus Christ gives to his followers. The primary mission we're always about, the thing that puts us always on mission, is that understanding that we don't exist for each other. We exist for people who don't know Christ yet. Right? Let me show you biblically uh, where this is true. It comes out of John 20. It's after Jesus has been crucified and resurrected, uh, but the disciples haven't figured it out yet, right? And so they're gathered in, a, gathered in a room, and it's a locked room, and they're confused, and they're anxious, and they're bewildered, and some of the women have come back from the tomb, and they've told them they saw Jesus, and there's other people who have said they've seen Jesus. They just kinda haven't figured out yet what is going on, Right? And so they are locked in a room, and they're just kind of supporting and protecting one another in this room. And, of course, look what happens. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They're filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Did you get that? They're all huddled together, right? They're taking care of one another. They're in a locked room, right? They're they're cozy and comfortable with one another, anxious about life and what's next. When Jesus gets involved, when the resurrected Jesus gets involved, look what happens. Their attitude changes and their orientation changes. They're in fear and they're captured and they're just focused on one another. When Jesus comes into the room, peace be with you, their attitude changes from fear to joy. Do you see that? And their orientation changes from being together, locked in that caring for one another room, now to being people who are sent. That's what it is. That's why we have this core value here. That's what we understand the Bible to be saying. It simply says, Listen, we've only got a short time walking the face of the earth. And we need to make that count for the most important stuff. And the most important thing we can do is advance the cause of Christ in somebody else's life. I mean, we're going to have tons of time in eternity loving on one another, right? That's going to be ample time. This is our time when we need to make sure we do the most important stuff. And the most important thing is the church doesn't exist for the people in the church. It exists for the people who... Aren't. Amen. This is an awesome truth if we get it. The trouble is the church hasn't been getting it. And it's in the job description. It's in our job description, right? When you go to when Jesus called the first disciples, right? Peter, Andrew, he calls them and in their job description, he tells them they're sent. Look at what it is. He's going along, there's Simon called Peter, there's brother Andrew, they're casting your nets cuz they're fishermen. Look at verse 19. He says, Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people that once they left their nets and followed him. That's the job description, right? That's what it means to follow. To be a follower is to be somebody whose orientation is outward, right? The challenge for us in the church is we haven't been doing that too well. Here's the stats. Since 1991 to 2004, in that period of time, there's been an increase of unchurched people in our population by 92%. That's overwhelming, isn't it? What does that tell you? Well, the trouble is, it's so tempting for the church. It's so tempting for us when we get together to just do that tempting thing that the disciples were doing, be locked in the room, that is be locked in that orientation that says, we're just here to love on one another. We're just here to care for one another. To to get this idea that somehow the church exists for me. And whenever you do that, it's it's the road to decline. Think about this. What happens if in your marriage today, you decide your marriage is all about you? How's that going to work in your marriage? That's about now. The spouse is saying, don't even think on it. That's not going anywhere, right? That's just not <laughs> going to work, right? In your family, what happens if you decide in your family that your whole family is there just to serve your needs? That's not going to work. Family's not going to function too well because that's just declined behavior. Well, the same is true when we're Christ followers together. If, if we give in to the temptation that somehow the church exists for us, then we're going to forfeit the mission and our culture is going to experience that kind of decline. That's what's been happening from 90, 1991 to 2004. 92% increase. 92% increase. It's just in total contrast to what Jesus says to his followers when he tries to give us an image of what we're supposed to be on a day-to-day basis, right? Here's the image he gives out of Matthew 5. Talking to followers now, right? You are the light of who? The world. He didn't say, you're the light of the people who love me and are sitting next to you in church every Sunday, right? He said, you are the light of, let me hear it, The world, you're right, the world, out there, right? Out there, that's the orientation. It's out there. We are the hope of the world. Is the world messed up or what? They do fine messing the world up without us, right? We are the solution. We're the hope. We are the hope. And that's why Jesus gives us an orientation that says, listen, you gotta keep this first and foremost. The church does not exist for people in the church The church exists for people who aren't. That's where we're at. That is a fundamental biblical core value for us. And some of you may say, Okay, well, yeah, but I just don't feel like I'm equipped. I just don't feel like I can do that. I just don't know that I'm capable of being out there in the world and and sharing Jesus with other people and reaching into other people's lives. Let me tell you, there's another biblical principle. And the biblical principle is simple. You're equipped because he will never ask you to do a task that he doesn't equip you to do. You're equipped. And I can prove this to you. If you'll just watch the screen for a minute. Watch one of our members now give a little witness here about her life and how she's been equipped. Okay? Just watch the screen. Ready?
1: I like Lutheran School because it is a great opportunity to learn about God. I knew my friends at Lutheran School since I was a baby. They made me feel comfortable at St. John's. When I was four, my dad gave me a choice. I could either stay in my Christian school, or I could move to a public school. And guess what I chose? I chose the public school. And you know the reason? The reason is that I wanted to tell the people about God there. And they believed me. Well, some of them. God helped me with my move by giving me a Christian teacher and my friends from Christ Church in my class. In kindergarten, me and my friend, during nap time, we made a plan. We wanted to ask the teacher if we could talk about God. And guess what she said? Yes. So we told everybody in our class, and it was very fun. (laughs) One of my friends in kindergarten asked me to make her a Bible. I started on it, but the Bible's really big, so I never finished it, and really sad, I lost it. (laughs) When I was in first grade, my friend said she didn't have cool pencil so I picked I picked out one for her. The pencil I picked was a pencil that was so beautiful and it said God loves you. Being on mission means that you help people who need help and be nice to them and be caring. My mission is to help people Understand the truth about God. When I grow up, I want to go to Ethiopia and help those in need in orphanages, and I also want to feed them. Can I? Can I? Well, bring, well, bring them food. <laughs> you can't. Christ Church. Is there anything else on the topic of mission that you want to say? Um, no. Nothing? Well, make me proud, adults. I know you will. Yeah, huh?
0: Does she get it? Does she get it? Huh? Oh, did you notice? She's a kid! By the way, we're doing good stuff back in that back area with the kids, are we not? She gets it. She could have stayed comfy and cozy with her friends in the Christian school. And instead, what did she choose? She said, no, I'm on mission. I'm on mission. So I'm going to go out to the public school so I can talk to other kids about Christ. And she was equipped. A kid. And she was equipped. All she needed was a pencil. A pencil. All she needed was a pencil. You are equipped. God would never send you out to a task he is not capable and ready to equip you for. Let me prove it to you. If you look at Matthew 16, uh, he's talking to his followers, right? And, and Peter has said, boy, you are the Christ, right? And, and he's responding, and he says, Peter, listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm going to build the church. Uh, on that truth and the gates of hell won't overcome it. Then look at verse 19. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. He just gave you the keys. You are equipped. You're equipped. You Remember the first time if you're, you're a driving age adult, you remember the first time your mom or your dad said, yeah, okay honey, here's the keys of the car? That's pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, and they, they probably gave you those keys before you had driver's ed and before they took you and drove around the parking lot at the school. And No, right? They gave you the keys when? After you were equipped. You were ready. And they had confidence in you and they trusted you and they were absolutely convinced, yes, you can do this. Honey, here's the keys. You're equipped. We're equipped. Christ Church, we are so equipped. God is bringing to us So many people with so many gifts. We are so ready to be a world-changing place. He's equipping us. If you're at Christ Church, you're a covenant member, you've been hanging out with us for a long time, or you're a new person in the door today, the reality is God never brings anybody into this fellowship that he doesn't purpose to be here. And when you're in this fellowship, he purposes you to be here because you are part of the puzzle of what it means to have a church that changes this corridor of Milwaukee. That's the way he designs it. That's the way he designs the church. Look at Romans 12, verse 4 up there. It says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And then he goes through gifts and says, Look, get it done, do it, right? What's the deal? The church is like a puzzle, and we're all pieces in the puzzle. And he brings us together, and he equips us with special functions, with gifts that are necessary to help the church, the mission, the cause of Christ function and accomplish the mission out in the world. So if you're here, you're here because God wants you here, and you have a piece of the puzzle that's necessary for Christ Church to do the mission out there. So the only real question is what piece of the puzzle are you? How has God equipped you? What is it that God has laid on your heart and equipped you for that you can get involved and engaged with here in the mission and the cause of Christ Church so we can keep changing the world out there? Because God has equipped you with something and God is going to put people around you. He's going to bring people into your life that you can touch and reach based on your gifts and what you know about how you connect into the ministry of Christ Church. That's the way he works. And and it's happening at Christ Church. We got folks that have reached out to other folks whose marriage have been struggling and and brought them to Christ Church and their marriage is getting recovered and getting renewed and being re-strengthened. We've got One of our guys that's going into the prison every week, carrying Bibles, he's a discipling a prisoner, just told me this morning he needs more discipleship books because there's more prisoners that are interested in knowing about Christ. I mean, that's all happening. Why? Because there's somebody who's understood their puzzle piece. And they get the principle, we exist for the people that aren't here, not for one another. We exist for the people that aren't here. So the question is, what's your puzzle piece? How does it fit into the cause and the ministry of what we're doing here? And the principles in John 4, he says, this, this is how we all work together for the, for the same cause to make it happen out there in the world. He says, you know the saying, one plants, another harvests, And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work. And now you will get together the harvest. We each play a role. We each play a function. Pastor Andrew is launching all kinds of classes uh, starting this September here at Onward to help equip you, if you don't feel equipped, to help equip you to be able to be a world changer. They're right there. You just need to get involved. just need to go sign up today. Be part of that experience. We're going to offer a, another concert coming up. Why? So you can invite a friend, so you can bring them, bring them into Christ Church in a real comfortable environment where they just come and have an awesome concert. Right? It's all here. It's all here. The question is, are we ready to step into our puzzle piece? Are we ready to be the church for the world? Here's some sad stats, some realities. Seven out of ten unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole lives. Wow. Look at this one. 82% of those unchurched people are at least somewhat likely to attend church if they're invited. 82%, 82%, if you just make the invitation, are most likely to respond and say, I'll give it a try. Just invite him for a cup of coffee on Sunday morning. Just sit up in the balcony that I couldn't hit with a t-shirt shooter, right? Just sit, sit up there and have him, have him over overhear the gospel, right? Now look at this one. Here's the saddest stat. You ready? Only 2% of church members invite unchurched people to church. 98% of churchgoers never extend an invitation in a one-year period. That cannot be us. That cannot be us. That's not who we are. Because remember what our core principle is. We don't exist for the people in the church. We exist for the people who aren't here, right? That's our core value. And we are absolutely equipped to be able to do what God wants us to do. Look what he says in John 14. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. That is an incredible statement. Did Jesus do some awesome things? Uh, let's see. Heal people, raise the dead. Uh, pretty good resume? Yeah. Think about this. What did he just say to you? To Christchurch. Listen, I did some awesome things, but you, Christchurch, you have the potential to do even greater things. That's what he just said. Here's the only question. The question is... Are you hungry enough to do it? Are you hungry enough to do it? Are you hungry enough to go ahead and do that? He looks at his disciples and he says, Wake up, look around. The fields are ready and they're ripe for the harvest. But are you hungry enough to be able to do that? He told his disciples that they were offering him food and he told them, Listen, I'm hungry for a different kind of food. I want to do the will of my Father. That's the question. Are we hungry enough? When I first came in 1999, I started praying over Christ church and that God would use us for the world out there, right? And my simple prayer was a tithe prayer. I said, listen, I'm going to tithe, Lord. I'm not bargaining here, but I'm going to tithe. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to encourage everybody else to do that. So I asked God, I said, listen, I just want you to tithe 10% of the population of Mequon, Deansville, uh, Grafton, and Cedarburg. You give us, God, you give us 10%. That's what that equates to right now. As the last sentence census. I think God can do that. I absolutely believe God can do that. The only question for us is are we hungry enough and do we believe in our core principles? Do we believe, as a congregation, as a people of God in this place, that Christ Church exists not for the people that are here, but it exists for the people who aren't here. And if we believe that, then we know we're equipped we know we can do this because god can do this we know we're equipped and the only question is are we hungry to do greater things than he did are we hungry enough are we hungry enough every single day to wake up and say this is god's day and i am on mission when when you came in today you were handed a, a name tag right and it says i am christ church and i'm on mission right before you leave today Uh, We want you to pray over that. We want you to think about the message today. We want you to have a conversation with God. And we want you to come to that place where you can say, I'm convinced that what you heard this morning is biblically true. And if you're convinced it's biblically true, take that name tag and put it on to remind yourself, commit yourself to say, listen, I am committed. I'm committed to be on mission every single day. That's the best and highest use of my life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and we do ask that you would uh, just convict us, convince us, and make us hungry enough, make us hungry enough to advance the cause in the kingdom of heaven in this time. Lord, we're going to spend eternity together as your people. We're going to be able to love on each other forever and ever and ever. So now is the time, in this time, when we walk the earth to use our lives to make that difference. Help us. Help us to do it every day. To be absolutely committed that we're on mission. And that this church, this church exists because we want to reach the people that aren't here. We want to reach the people, make a difference in people's lives that is real and centered in the gospel of Christ. Lord, he gave up heaven. He gave up the comforts of heaven to come here so that each one of us could know him, that we could be forgiven, that our lives could be changed. Lord, set us on the same path. Send us. Send us out. Equip us. Make us hungry that the world gets changed in this place because of Christ and this church. We ask it in his precious name. Amen.